It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Now more than ever, you need a laptop that can be as adaptable as you are. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Finally, a premium laptop at an affordable price. Starting at just $549, its light, thin design, vibrant touchscreen, powerful processor, and built-in HD camera and mic turns any room in your home into a classroom, office, or study hall. Available in three amazing colors the whole family will love. Visit surface.com slash laptop go for more details. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You're locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. I am Daniel, your host, and so happy to bring you your team every day. I wanted to launch a feature. I don't know how many of these I'm going to do, but the idea behind it was inspired partially by a conversation with the great Tim Bontemps of the Washington Post is a basic structural issue that the Warriors are going to deal with, and it's the consequence of being as good as they are, and that is that they do not have a ton of team-building options outside of the standard for an expensive team, taxpayer middle-level exception each year, and then minimum contracts. And what that means in a practical sense is that the Warriors are going to have a lot of turnover for non-star players. And when you have a lot of turnover, one of the ways that you generally deal with that is that you can't retain a guy, especially if you like them, because if you like them, then other people are going to like them too. So instead of paying that player for their role, you try to find the next one. And so this is the replacement series. And so the the idea behind it is to figure out or to kind of get some preliminary ideas of who could potentially fill a role that is filled by a current warrior who could be on a different team next year. And while he is not the most important free agent that the Warriors have, Ian Clark is a good place to start for this for a couple different reasons. And one of them is because I like to start these kind of analyses with what a player brings, what are the defining characteristics. And so Ian Clark is not a traditional backup point guard. If the Warriors needed him to be that, I don't think he would do a particularly good job. He is not amazing with the ball in his hands, though he has had some moments. He's not amazing defensively, though again, he has had his moments, but he provides very real value to them and serves to a degree, and it's one of the more surprising developments of this Warriors team. He does functionally serve as their backup point guard, but the way that they're able to do that is by having other ball handlers on the floor at different positions who defend different guys, and then using Clark as functionally an off-ball point guard. So he defends ones, but he doesn't run the offense in that traditional way. And that is useful for the Warriors for a couple different reasons, but the most notable one is it kind of keeps the ecosystem the same. So Curry likes to finish the first and third quarters, 
And then if they want to use Draymond Green, if they want to use Iguodala, should he resign in that role, then they get the ball in their hands more. They get to be engaged in that way. But you also want somebody who is at least minimally capable. And then they had a guy in Sean Livingston, we don't know if he's going to be back, who actually plays well with Curry. So he can functionally step into the role should should Curry get injured, should he miss time due to scheduled rest or whatever else. So Clark fills it an interesting role. It's not necessarily something that I expected to have on this team, but it is also something that's very useful in considering Draymond Green, Kevin Durant are going to be back, probably Andre Iguodala. Having somebody with Ian Clark's skill set is very useful, and so that's why I wanted to start the series with him. And so the definitive characteristics of Ian Clark or Ian Clark's role in the Warriors starts with catch and shoot. And so that's unusual for a point guard to be a main characteristic just because it's often something that the best ones can do, but it's not usually where you start because they have to run an offense. They have to do so many other things. And it actually opens up some serious avenues for the Warriors if you take that as the primary thing. And then the other part, which you can consider that, is the idea that they can capably defend point guards. That would be the ideal as a guy who can catch and shoot and do that. Those players the best ones are incredible players. You know, Stephen Curry can catch and shoot and defend ones. But as you kind of slide down the capability list, those players can become less and less valuable. And a good example of this is Isaiah Cannon. So Isaiah Cannon has a partial guarantee for next year with the Chicago Bulls. They might as well bring him back. We don't know at this point. But on a team that needs shot creation, especially if they're going to have play when Jimmy Butler's not on the floor, that needs shot creation from their ones, he's a lot less valuable. And so when they actually played Cannon with Jimmy Butler, with Dwayne Wade during the playoffs, he did an all right job, but he can't really do the other stuff. On the Warriors in the Ian Clark role, as long as he shoots better on threes than he did this year, he was around 36% from three most seasons. But then this year he was a lot worse than I think it was around 26%. But he's a good little archetype of kind of the low-end version of what the Warriors could look for in an Ian Clark replacement. The second guy I wanted to bring up is is an even more interesting option because of his contract situation, and that's Trey Burke. So Trey Burke, lottery pick by the Utah Jazz out of the University of Michigan, was traded basically for a song to the Washington Wizards. I actually thought that the Jazz gave up on him too soon, but it looks like their information was was well-founded. And remember, in all these cases, when you talk about somebody who was given up on, that the Jazz had a lot more information than I do because they have practices, they have shoot-arounds, they have workouts, and, and so many other things. They have off-seasons that he's done. So they just didn't think he was the right fit. They were right. You know, they got more out of Hull Neto. They got more out of Shelvin Mack and Dante Exum. They had plenty of guys there. I just thought they could have gotten something just when somebody was desperate. And the Wizards do actually have the right with him to match because if they extend him a qualifying offer, he is a restricted free agent. What that means is that another team has to make an offer sheet and then he can, you know, if, if he signs it, then the Wizards can either match or not. The problem for Washington is that extending a qualifying offer also putting that out there gives them a tender that they can sign. And what that is, is functionally, it's a one year fully guaranteed contract. And then if they, you know, assuming they fulfill it, then they're an unrestricted free agent. The Wizards would not be worried about the unrestricted free agent part of that. But considering it looks like they're going to be a luxury tax team and maybe even a little bit further into the luxury tax team, giving guaranteed money to Trey Burke is not necessarily the most desirable thing in the world for them, even though they need a backup point guard. It 
seems pretty obvious that he is not their answer. So their loss in that way could be the Warriors' gain because what they could do is just decline to make him a qualifying offer or they could rescind it in, in an appropriate time before he accepts it. And if that happens, there's a, certainly a possibility that another team strikes on him. Burke is a talent. He, he, he certainly has reasons that he was drafted as high as he was. But if he kind of makes it through that first run on point guards, he could be sitting there looking and saying, well, and again, this also depends on Sean Livingston, depends on Ian Clark, could be saying they're going, well, if I'm going to sign a one-year make-good contract, the Warriors might be my best option because what Golden State has done, and this is true with Ian Clark too, is that they can make a limited player look really good. And so if I were Burke's agent, the Warriors are a team that I would be pushing if the if another lucrative offer isn't there. Because while Burke has been disappointing as a shot creator, both for himself and for others, he is a good catch and shoot guy. And so the Warriors could focus in on the parts that, that he does very well. And if he's on a make good contract, he's not going to cost a lot. And that ties in with one of the other big points that I wanted to make here, which was I talked at the beginning about how the Warriors are going to have limited team building flexibility. That's still completely true. But it's even further limited because this Ian Clark role is useful. It's certainly something they like, but it's never going to be their priority. You know, if, if all the Warriors really have is the mid-level exception in some form, whether it's the room mid-level of Durant, has to be signed with cap space or if it's the taxpayer one if he's not then the warriors have that you know that more sizable now with the new cba mid-level exception they're not going to use that on an ian clark type guy they're they don't they have to focus on other things all three of their primary centers are free agents all of them are unrestricted free agents james michael mcadoo is restricted so you know while damian jones might be able to step into one of those roles you still need that we still know what's going on with Iguodala and with Sean Livingston. If one of them leaves, replacing them becomes a far bigger priority. And since the Warriors do a lot of these kind of rental guys, if they want to pay them more, like let's say David West wants to come back, but he wants more than the reasonable jump that they can make based on him being a non-bird free agent because they only had him for one year. If if he wants that, then they're probably going to have to dip into an exception to make that happen. So all those things kind of run together. And so the Warriors are really looking at the bargain basement for this Ian Clark role. And that's what makes Isaiah Cannon potentially interesting if he were on the market. And that's what makes Trey Burke interesting because there's a possibility that that would be what they're willing to take. And then the last guy that I singled out in terms of the kind of the low end, but reasonably possible, is not necessarily a favorite in warrior circles, but still important. And that is Jason Terry. Jason Terry has bounced around the league, faced the Warriors in the playoffs as a member of the Houston Rockets. And while his defense leaves something to desire, he can be a wonderful catch and shoot guy and would know exactly what he's getting into by joining the Warriors and going into that role. The other reason I like Terry as a potential fit is that he is capable with the ball in his hands. And so having him as a part of the rotation could work. And then if Curry missed time, whether it was scheduled or whether it was due to injury, he could fill a part of that role. And so the Warriors are still going to need another point guard, whether that's Sean Livingston or someone else, but Terry can capably fill at least a part of that void. And he's an interesting option for that reason. And going in with the price point 
element of this, I don't think, assuming he comes back, that he's going to want more than that. So those are are really the main ones. And something that's striking about this class is that there really aren't that many free agents in terms of veteran free agents that are particularly interesting for this. I haven't gone through the like potentially undrafted rookie type guys to see who could fit in. Two other guys I want to mention, though I don't think they're really the right fit for different reasons, respectively. Both are Pac-10 guys. Aaron Brooks, Oregon product. I think he's better than what the Warriors are looking for. He is a wonderful catch and shoot guy, but he's more of like a a, a low end backup one. And those guys are going to get more than the minimum I expect this year. But if he wants to take that for the Warriors and take that kind of a role, he would be sort of a hybrid approach. So he could play some backup and then also fill the Ian Clark role. He wouldn't play with Steph because that would just be a disaster, but he could be an interesting one. And then The player who's pretty much the ideal for this role is Darren Collison, but Darren Collison's never going to take that kind of money. He's worth a lot more than that. I think he might even get an opportunity to start. But if you wanted to think about, okay, well, what is the reasonable best case for somebody in this Ian Clark niche? It's probably Darren Collison as a realistic high point. He's a wonderful catch and shoot guy, can work hard defensively, is pretty much a straight one on the defensive end. So he can put all that together. But again, since he's not going to be the priority for them in terms of the money they have and even the mid-level exception, whichever one they have probably wouldn't be enough for him, then it's not really there, but I wanted to mention him as a possibility. But by far, the to me, the most interesting idea here is to actually not go with somebody who would be considered a point guard at all, and that is to go with somebody the Warriors already have on roster, Patrick McCaw. McCaw is not a point guard in terms of offensive role, but he can defend ones, and he's all right as a catch-and-shoot guy. He made 33% of his catch-and-shoot threes this year, had an effective field goal percentage of 48.2 on catch-and-shoot shots broadly. That includes two-pointers, where he was actually worse or about the same on twos and threes. And since threes are worth more points, it actually kind of helped him in that way. I think McCaw's shot is going to get better. And part of the reason why he's a really compelling fit here is that if we're thinking about the Clark role as it is presently constructed and utilized, he fits really, really well defensively with that group. So Clay Thompson is often in that group. He and Clay could just absolutely demolish what would largely be backup guard units. You could put them on, just really stifle other teams. And remember that very few other teams have shot creation on their second unit from positions other than the guards. There just aren't that any any three that can handle the ball and, you know, capably enough to, to run an offense is probably going to be starting. And there are sometimes a two that can do it. Tyreek Evans is a good example of this. But if you have Clay and you have Patrick McCaw, you can do a lot there. And it also could serve as a nice little test case then if you're kind of giving McCaw that role reliably and then bouncing around his stuff with starters and then with some other units to really see what he has. And potentially you can use that as a jumping off point for McCaw plus the All-Stars lineups. We actually have saw some of that in Kevin Durant's absence, things like that. And so it could be a starting point for him in terms of rotation And to me, if they don't get a commitment from one of the guys that I discussed before, I would absolutely consider McCaw the player in that spot. But that does create a design imperative for the front office that they would need to have a real backup one on the roster. And you'd probably want to have a third point guard too. You'd want to have somebody who can, you know, fill that role. This is actually what they intended for Jose Calderon to do. But I feel like the Warriors should have that anyway. So if they want to give one of their roster spots, whether it's the, you know, the best guy that's in their training camp that they think can be in that role or 
even throw like a couple of interesting guys, a little bit of a partial guarantee in training camp to try to get a better group and then filter it through. That would be something like you can think about Fred Van Vliet, who is somebody that the, the Raptors took a little bit of a chance on and worked out wonderfully for them. Those sorts of things are really what they could be looking for. And depending on what they look, what they get, whether it's Livingston or somebody else at the backup one, going young for the third one could be a compelling option because then you have somebody with a little bit more upside. You can go in that direction. But you know, if you if you're growing a little bit lower in terms of your your backup and in terms of like a Livingston replacement theoretically, then you probably want somebody better for the third string just in case the second string doesn't work out. It's more bites at the apple. So it's a fascinating situation. It is not the priority for the Warriors. It is not the priority for their front office. But like JaVale McGee, the Ian Clark role is something that the team knows how to handle and that they can do well with. And while Clark is better than most of the people that they would consider to fill that role, a 75 to 80% Ian Clark would still be very useful for them. And if they could pull that player for the minimum or close to it, then that gives them the flexibility to spend money in other more important ways while still adding somebody on their rotation who can really help out the team and and eat some minutes. So if that's Isaiah Cannon, if it's Trey Burke, if it's Jason Terry, really wherever it's going to go. And there's also an outside possibility that every once in a while, these players even just get on the waiver market because they don't make sense on their team. And so the Warriors can also be looking for that, just for somebody who gets cut and they just go, oh, well, we can actually make that work. So that's a possibility too. I think it's a little bit less likely, but it's certainly worth considering. So that's enough for now. We still don't know exactly who the Warriors are going to play in the NBA Finals. It certainly looks like it's going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers, but they haven't clinched it yet. They will play again on Thursday against the Celtics in Boston. If Cleveland wins that game, they will clinch the series, and then we will know. We'll have a week, basically. I heard, I think it was on 95.7, they talked about it as a Super Bowl week. That is kind of going to be what it's like, at least in terms of Bay Area sports. But a lot of stuff I want to get into for that, but I want to save that for when we actually know the series, partially out of respect for Boston, but partially just because we have so much time anyway. So why spend a lot of resources, mental resources, time, and all that kind of stuff right now breaking it out when that's what next week is for? So what I'm tentatively thinking is to do something like a mailbag or something of that sort for the remaining days in this week. Maybe if I can get somebody for a conversation, do that, and then really make the first couple days of next week really about a finals preview. And then the finals will start on Thursday. So that'll be the last episode of the the real week of Locked on Warriors. And maybe do some stuff like this. If you really enjoy it, let me know. But trying to figure out exactly what I want to do with everything else. But And there'll be off days during the, during the finals. So this could be something else to do. I've been thinking about, you know, who would fit the David West mold and a couple other ones too. So if I get the urge, I will do more of them. If I don't, then I won't. But Thank you so much for listening. If you want to support the show, leave a rating, leave a review in the podcast player for choosing. You can also subscribe, download every episode. Those are great things to do for this show and really for any other podcast that you enjoy. If you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com, at DanielLaRue on Twitter. You can also read my work at The Athletic. I wrote a game analysis piece and did every player for them on game four. And then I put up the kind of the written 
the written part of the All NBA Designated Veteran podcast that I did last week. I had to do a little bit more legwork and have that as a written piece. So it also has some updates on some of the pieces that people might have had questions on. So that's at the Athletic. And then my offseason previews. I haven't done the Warriors yet. Probably not going to do them until the end of the finals, considering they're in it now. But the, I just released the Spurs one today. Probably the Pacers will come out on Wednesday. Still working on the exact timing. I've submitted a batch of them to the editors at Sports Illustrated, but they'll be up there at some point. And that's really about it for now. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked on Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked on Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you are looking for information regarding fantasy basketball recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.